if we don't do it, Sky will. The Football Podcast. Three friends picking the bones out of the weekend's football. Hello and welcome to episode three of If We Don't Do It, Sky Will, the football podcast. We're here to discuss another very eventful weekend in the Premier League and elsewhere. My name's Alexander Gross. I'm a fairly disconsolate Tottenham Hotspur fan this weekend. And with me today is Nick Gilmer. Hello, Nick. Hello. I'm bouncing into the week. Yes, after Liverpool's rout of his beloved Manchester United last weekend, Nick has got his club back this week and he can't wait to tell us all about it. Also on the up is Leeds fan George Harker. Hello, George. Yeah, not quite, but yeah, thank you. Hello. Fresh from a valuable, hard-earned away win at Norwich this Sunday. And Cara Road is where we'll start today. Firstly, because we've had an awful lot of Man United talk on the show these past few weeks. And secondly, because I'm the host and I say so. (laughs) So, uh, George, you woke up this morning in the relegation zone. How did that feel? I'm used to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Much, much, much needed win. Norwich could have done with it more than us, obviously. I think they're 10 games now without a win. But um, yeah, that was that was painful. I saw someone say on Twitter that their death certificate will say supporting Leeds United. And I can definitely vouch for that. It was uh, painful. Right. Yeah, I'm afraid I tuned into the wrong half of this one. I watched the first half and nothing uh, happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened first half. And then it was three goals in four minutes and 20 seconds, I think. It was crazy. Um, thankfully, came out on top of those three goals. And that's how it stayed. All thanks to Rafinha again. I am now worrying he may even leave in January, let alone next summer. <laughs> and we'll be in a real pickle because everything goes through him. And yeah, I was actually surprised to see we're actually eighth in the form table. I thought it was much worse than that recently. But um, I won't tell you where Spurs are in that form table. No, um, thank you. Maybe later. Um, but yeah, much needed three points just out of the relegation zone um, to 17th. But it's it's a start. I guess the only negative is just scraping a win against the worst side in the league. <laughs> Their odds aren't to be the worst side in the Premier League ever. I That's think right. even eclipsed Derby's horrific points total from uh, the early 2000s. But it's a win and Leicester at home next week, which will be a much sterner test. So was this a good performance or no, terrible. just scraping no, through? Terrible. No, absolutely terrible. Yeah, like I said, scraped scraped to one. Norwich obviously on the back of a 7-0, thrashing by Chelsea. And by all accounts, it was their best performance to date, the season today, obviously, save that for playing us, but yeah. still not enough. They did barely tested our our world-class goalkeeper. Um <laughs> And um, someone else was playing today, was he? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, a win's a win. We'll take it. So you're now level with uh, Ranieri's Watford, 10 points. Yes. Um, Villa, after they were thumped Sunday afternoon by high-flying West Ham. Yeah, I just caught the end of that one. West Ham absolutely soaring, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, I'm oh, tempted okay. to start calling them the flying donkeys, like Chiesa <laughs> of a few years ago. I think there's a strong argument that they are the fourth best team in the country at the moment and that's about right where they sit in the league yeah because the table doesn't lie never we're exactly where we belong I know that <laughs> so go on George I really don't want to talk about Spurs give me a little bit more about Leeds like I said it's it's everything it's all about Rafinha that's that's a massive that's still a worry for me it's it's becoming a one-man team yeah. all the players that were surprising everyone last season 
Jack Harrison, probably the best example. He was rumoured to be on the cusp of the England squad. Goals and assists, he was a fantasy football favourite for a lot of people last season. He's been terrible, which is very leads um, we had him on loan for three seasons. Brilliant. Signed him permanently and he's been absolutely terrible <laughs> since we bought him. Yeah, he's just one of a few. No one's hitting form. Calvin Phillips was back today. Brought a lot of stability to midfield, but was, his pair of passes were all over the place. And that um, young lad you told us about last week, did he play today? No, he didn't come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so short and James got an and James finally did something, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm still yet to see this raw pace everyone talks about. Um, he didn't beat a man at a single time today that I saw. But um, Joe Gellhart, you mentioned, did come on midweek um, in our 2 0 loss to Arsenal in the League Cup and did show more signs of, of that promise. But no, it's it's like I said, if, if, if Rafinha doesn't make something happen, then we'll just keep losing games. Um, and the worry so. is, of course, that uh, after that Leicester game coming up, mm. Rafinha will be off to Brazil one more time. Yeah. Yeah. That is a worry. Thankfully, this time they're not playing on a Thursday, so right. he will be available for our game. I believe it's way at Brighton after that um, international break. Yeah, I hope he comes back healthy. Mm, fingers crossed. If we don't, yeah, if, if he's not firing, no one is. But we might have Bamford back, who I never thought I'd say the day when I wished him to be back fit. But um, he, uh, he was one of those players that was in so much good form at the end of last season, and we've missed him a lot this season. So. Hopefully he's back as well. So all in all, without a game this coming midweek, you mm-hmm. can rest easy mm-hmm. at least with the with the three points and knowing yes. that you're clear of that uh, relegation zone, and also in the knowledge <laughs> that yeah, and also in the knowledge that seven points separate you in seventeenth and next Manchester United in fifth. It's time so to catch them. The league is very bunched up. <laughs> Speaking of which. Manchester United were, shall we say, rock bottom seven days ago. That's a not unfair characterization, is it, Nick? No, I think it's fair to say that last weekend was chastening. And hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I can say that uh, it was inevitable uh, what happened yesterday. But I really, I really don't feel that that's the case. I really thought Tottenham would manage to exploit United's weaknesses even though I haven't seen any encouraging performances from Nuno's team since the opening day against Manchester City, I did think that they would turn up here and kick you while you were down. And I didn't expect United to come back so forcefully. But what I would say is that once I saw that team sheet and saw Cavani and Ronaldo together up front for the first time, I did start getting slightly concerned that uh, this was going to be a narrative klaxon going off and lo it did what did you make of the game Nick? I say so I actually quite different to you when I saw the team sheets come out I thought it's essentially the same team with a different system to the weekend before it, you just swap out Basin Greenwood who's been the one bright spark of the season for a 34 year old striker who admittedly has been brilliant his time he plays and I, I thought this is this is it then. So he's missed an opportunity to drop the players who aren't playing well. He's just shuffled them in a new system. And um, and I, I don't know if, if United beat Spurs or if Spurs lost to United, to be honest. I think um, it's rare that you'd see a game where so much rides on the first goal. I felt like the team who scored first, the other team would fold and it sort of played out that way. I think if Spurs had taken the first chance, then you might have seen a very different United in the second half. Yes. who definitely grew into it. 
Yeah, I agree with that because there's a few games where we have managed to get a result this season where it seems to have happened like that. A fortunate goal has has taken us into the lead and then we've managed to uh, see it out. And I think that chance in the first half from Son where he uh, was through on goal or even the goal that was disallowed, if either of mm. those had stood or if we had got, it managed to get into the lead, it might well have been different. But the other thing that I would comment is that certainly goals one and two for United weren't your average goals to concede, were they? They were yeah, really sensational. That, that is the different. That is the joy that only has has had throughout his career is these individual moments of brilliance that only a handful of players can pull off. Um, he owns some of those players, and they come up for him time and time again. Atalanta two weeks ago, the Ronaldo header. There's not many players who would have scored the volley he scored for the um the first goal. Um, so yeah to be a good manager you also need to be lucky enough to have had some amazing players play for you yeah so especially uh, Ronaldo's goal the finish Barney Rone in uh, today's Observer said in that moment you got a glimpse of basic human difference as he uh, ghosts away (laughs) from poor old Ben Davis uh, who had a shocker against Vitesse the other week and uh, wasn't much more inspiring here and um, I I don't understand why he played ahead of Reguillon, I don't understand what the decision was there other than uh, perhaps imagining that Ben Davis is a more defensive uh, fullback than uh, than Reguillon, but uh, that didn't quite work out. Ronaldo made that look very easy, but then he does that to a lot of defenders, doesn't he? He does, and it was nice to see a demonstration of his prowess as a striker. Because it felt like we've been shoehorning in a sort of old winger up front at the expense of players who fitted the system better. But his performance was outstanding, actually, when he was given a sniff. Um, And we had the joy of being able to give him a rest as well. Not that I think he needs it. No. And that pass for Cavani was also sublime. Uh, Skip did make an error in the build-up, but I still think it took... uh, a sort of exceptional amount of skill from both those oldies to put that one away. I was listening to this one on the radio and uh, they were perplexed that Skip got hoisted off immediately after he was made to look very schoolboy by Ronaldo. Obviously, the mood was fairly sour at Spurs anyway. How's that gone down? Yeah, and you heard the boos for the uh, Bergwijn substitution as well on the TV coverage it was very clear. And in fact, uh, there was a clip on Match of the Day that showed um, Nuno on the sidelines as he made that substitution with people in the background clearly questioning him, shall we say, yeah. <laughs> questioning him robustly in the main stand. And uh, Jacob Steinberg, in his match review today, said soon there were boos from the Spurs fans, although it was hard to understand why they turned on Nuno for replacing Mora with Bergvine. The decision made sense. Mora had done little of note. But I think what Spurs fans wanted there was for Lo Celso to go off, who was disappointing and who is not nearly in favour with fans as much as uh, Lucas is, who is seen as a real earnest trier. And the idea, I think, for most fans would have been that Bergwijn would come on and play wide, as would Lucas, and Son would then move into a more adventurous partnership up front with Kane, as we saw at some points last season when they combined so well. And uh, when he made the like-for-like change with uh, Bergwijn coming on for Lucas that was just showed a lack of imagination for most for most fans there I think so I understood the reaction 
Yeah, it was all it was all a little bit Molyneux, wasn't it? Rather than Spurs. <laughs> it was all a bit Molyneux. So yeah. that's interesting because I've been thinking about the right words to use uh for this team at the moment, or the or the the club or or at least the side under Nuno. And um I can't think of a better one at the moment than um Moribund. <laughs> Moribund has connotations of death, which might be too harsh, but one of its variant definitions is essentially that there's no progress made and that things are stagnant when they are moribund. So for me, this is the best adjective for Nuno's Spurs because I just can't see the plan. I can't see an idea in the attacking play. And so that's why I wanted to mention that I thought those two goals were outstanding and I'm not really blaming the side for conceding those goals. What I do blame them for and what I blame Nuno for is just being so uninspiring going forward that once you go behind to a team that was thrashed last week, you don't feel that you're coming back and you you don't, you can't see where it's going to come from. Of course, it's not helped going forward when, I guess, on four, the player who should have come off wasn't Lucas Moura, but was Harry Kane. Yes. Uh, again, I defended him previously, but yeah, he was absent. Again, uh, the best person to quote would be Barney Rone today, who said he was barely present on the material plane, glimpsed only in patches like some vanishing Victorian garden sprite. <laughs> Uh, which I liked, insofar as you look towards him to do something for you, something magical, like that garden sprite. But um, there isn't the sharpness that we are used to from Harry Kane and that we saw so much um, in previous seasons, including last season, when he changed his game, as they kept saying. He went a lot deeper and started playing like an NFL quarterback. We know he loves NFL. But even under Mourinho, he had that sharpness and was once again our top scorer last season. But this season, that sharpness is missing and he's making a lot of mistakes and it even extends to Son whom nobody would question in terms of effort and commitment but some of his corners are appalling and yeah. it's just so frustrating and especially um, against the team who can't defend corners I was yeah I noted that listening on the radio the number of times they were talking about how poor the first ball in was yeah exactly from a player from whom you'd expect a lot more George, any neutral opinions? Did you catch this? I, I did. I had a few takeaways. One is um, Rashford's brilliant return from injury. I think that's yeah. three and yeah. three and three now. Um, what I find brilliant finishes as well. Rashford is a really interesting player because his stats are phenomenal. Minutes mm. per goal, mm. and if we count assists, which you know I hate, but if you count those in the mix as well, <laughs> stats are phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I still feel like I watch him miss three or four chances before he scores. Mm. Yeah, but it's so good to have him back. And you know, him aside, you combine strike force of over seventy years old, showing them how it's done. Cavani is a no-brainer. I never understood how he's when he's not starting. He's a goal machine. And makes perfect sense that he comes back in and you, you score three goals. Um, yeah, Nick commenting the other week that he seems to have been signed on a part-time contract, but it would help yeah. if he played as much as possible, wouldn't it? Well, he's never had a bad game. Yeah, he never has a bad game, but plays two times a month. I know. Last on last week's pod, we made a point of saying your lack of clean sheets, and here you go. There's one. That's, yeah, that's two in twenty-one games. <laughs> But we, yeah, like I said, we just offer very, very little going forward and mm. you just can't see where it's coming from. And I did say last week that I don't want uh, managers to be sacked and I don't think I need to add to any mm. calls for Nuno to be sacked here because I just think it's inevitable it's going to happen. I did read before we started recording The Athletic are saying that the board are meeting this evening apparently yeah. to discuss it. So That just um, doesn't look good after 10 games, does it? No, no, not at all. Before this match, because I had had 
I had felt so little inspiration this season from his team uh, in order to feel a bit more positive about things in the run-up to this big fixture I looked at the stats from Pochettino's first season back in 2014-15 and we all know how he turned out for us so it made me feel a little bit better a little bit warmer towards Nuno to see that after 10 games Poch had also lost four and drawn a couple he'd lost heavily away at Man City that happens to pretty much everyone now and then he lost 3-0 at home to Liverpool as well when they were not uh, Klopp's Liverpool yet and so there was there were definitely teething problems at the start of Pochettino's reign but what I don't remember is this lack of inspiration and lack of any clear idea so the mood the mood is just sour because the mood is sour yes it's partly because of Harry Kane and I think week by week the decision not to take City's money looks bad yes and it looks bad for City which we'll come on to but it's Uh, not uh, it's money that perhaps shouldn't have gone on other players but perhaps a manager higher up the list because Nuno in a way has been damned from day one just from public knowledge that he was so far down the list Mm. he was fifth or sixth choice and everybody knew it yeah I think that was hard to nothing with that start yeah was it sixth or seventh choice so public I've never seen such a public manager search before and you know I think we talked about it last week about Fonseca coming down to tax treatment or something like that it was pretty embarrassing really yeah but just as a looking at the league table though only you know, only five points behind West Ham who are soaring. It wouldn't take a couple of weeks to be higher up. But like you said, it's the mood and it's the, the way they're going about games that seems to smell but I think particularly a, bad. Another way to put that, George, is we're five points behind West Ham, full stop. Yeah, this isn't typical West Ham right, these days. This <laughs> yeah. is a soaring West Ham. This is David Moyes' <laughs> Iron Army. I saw that Absolutely. brilliant tweet in the week that um, if Moyes hadn't managed Man United, he would definitely be linked with the job right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fair play to him. He's a good manager. He's turned, he's, I think I said this last week, he's turned West Ham into Everton of 10 years ago. Yes, the chosen one. Yeah. So just um, a, a little historical note about that uh, that start to Poch's reign. I just wanted to mention that things turned around for him somewhat at Aston Villa on the 2nd of November 2014. So the same point of the season as we are at now. He was losing 1-0 away at Villa. That would have been his fifth defeat. And... Uh, Nasser Chadley equalised in the 84th minute and then a young lad called Harry Kane came on and scored a free kick in injury time to win it. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, certainly since then, Kane has always been in the team, has always been top scorer for the club and he came out of nowhere. So who knows? don't think Nuno's going to make the 2nd of November. So uh, exactly, yeah. that was, my, that was <laughs> going to be my question. I have to say, like this time last week, I wondered if we'd be sat here talking about a new United manager. But do you think we'll be talking about a Spurs manager change next week? Yeah, I believe that the El Sacchio thing came true. Really, I I really think that that game seems to have uh, maybe not saved Ollie's job, but certainly extended his time in the job. Uh, with all those fans singing his name at the end, front page of the paper today is Ole Ole Ole. Couldn't see that happening. And mm. uh, certainly I think uh, Nuno seems to be either it's his last chance now or he's had it. I don't know. He was just chuckling away like all he wants That's to do for another three years. As soon as the fear of Ole leaving comes, he just pulls a result out of the bag and he stays yeah. on. Brilliant. That has happened several <laughs> times. Yeah, Paris comes to mind and the odd Manchester derby. Yeah. 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 
So elsewhere this weekend, I said last week, Leicester Arsenal was the sort of game I'm well up for. Sadly, the Leicester players didn't seem to be well up for it. They're in, <laughs> no, they're infuriating me with their inconsistency. Really, we saw what they did mm. to Man United. Of course, well, I would say they're fully consistent. They are a very mediocre team right now. Who managed to beat a poor team when they yeah. beat United four two? Yeah, when you look at their uh, league season so far, apart from that win over Manchester United, which, of course, we're going to have to put an asterisk next to, they've only got narrow wins over Brentford, Norwich and Wolves. And they've now lost four games as well. So, And, of course, they're going to Leeds next. So maybe that yeah, plays I into think, your hands, George. I think that Rogers will be in the next one of these jobs that comes up as well. And you will know that now is the right time to jump. Because I think they're going to disappoint this season and they're going to lose certainly one of their really brilliant midfielders. I think Tielemans will fancy a move at the big time and fairly soon. Yeah. He's outstanding. Um, and of course, Vardy's now what? Same age as Cavani. And Arsenal, rather infuriatingly, are now seven Rolls. games without loss after those yeah. three defeats at the start. And the summer business doesn't look so stupid now, does it? Ramsdale no. and Ben White. Ramsdale, I wonder if we're going to be looking at him at the next thing with number one at this rate, because I don't know how long he can keep Pickford in that position with his club form. And I don't know if you saw the highlights reel, Ramsdale's saves are outstanding. Ah, uh, yes, Saturday. yeah. Um, you know, it's a long time till, till Qatar. There's still time for him to grab that number one spot. Um, I thought it was a crazy transfer when they bought him for the money they bought him for from the team that finished bottom the year before. But um, yeah, he looks like a really, really good signing and, and Ben White's growing into it as well. He could be another future England starter. Yeah, all going well for Arsenal, I'm afraid, Alex. Yeah, enough of that. So uh, <laughs> three o'clock on Saturday, though, was when it got really juicy, wasn't it? It was mm. one of those days. Uh, it was a classic three o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah, one of those mm. days that we all love when uh, the big teams don't just march on and win except for of course those who have the lucky draw of playing up at Newcastle <laughs> or the club formerly known as Newcastle United. Quick word about Reese James, oh. uh, absolute uh, bullets, one yes. on the left foot, one on the right foot. Oh. He's just a fantastic player and it's he wonderful that he's English. Mm-hmm. What um, are we, why, where are all these right backs come from? So <laughs> many right we got like, the, yeah. the, the, the right top four academy. right backs in the world who play for England. He's a great but, player, though, because of his. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know he was capable of this, uh, what he did on Saturday, but I did know from watching him previously how good his final product is. So mm. I've had many years mm. of uh, watching Carl Walker, and uh, Kieran Trippier is a little bit better than Carl Walker with his final ball, with his crossing, but. Uh, Reese James really puts both of those to shame with his crossing, doesn't he? Yeah, um, fantastic. And now we've seen he's got that finish as well. So on both feet, as I say. Both Again. finishes, there's an argument where the two best finishes of the weekend, yeah. including Ronaldo, including mm-hmm. Barney. Incredible finishes. A second one from that angle was just yeah. phenomenal. Like you said, on either foot as well. Like, I, sorry to go back to the England talk, but again, I think it's time for him to be the England's right back, surely, yes. for, the, for the next tournament. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic football. And I read that between Reese James and Showell, got more goals between them this season now than Mbappe and Neymar. Chelsea's goals are all coming from the wings at the moment. And um, yeah, they're the major beneficiaries from Saturday's results. They're three points clear now at the top, I think. Yes. So I said on the 19th of September, after Chelsea beat us 3-0 with a 
very accomplished second half performance. Uh, I said that I thought they would win the league and uh, that's looking a lot better now as a prediction, especially because of what happened to Liverpool and Man City. Where would you like to start, Nick? I think you're probably happy about either of these, aren't you? Yeah, let's start at Anfield. Yeah. So the the Scouts Army marching on, another three points, only for Brighton to properly spoil the party. This was classic complacency, wasn't it? Got to be. Although they should could have been three 0 up. Yeah. Um, only for Brighton to go down the other end and, and get Did one. Did he back. mean it? Did he mean that that first goal for Brighton? Was it a cross? I no, it wasn't a cross. I want to believe he. I think he meant it, and I think the goalkeeper has let himself down. When you look back at clips of that Ronaldinho goal against England in two thousand two, mm-hmm. and you see them say, you see the pundits of the time saying, "There's no way he meant that." That feels really, really silly now, doesn't it? Because it's mm-hmm. quite clear that he did. I'm not sure about this one, but I do have that in mind whenever something like this happens and people dismiss it. I saw the likes of Steve Nichol, for example, on ESPN saying, I'm sorry, there's no way he meant that. It doesn't matter if he didn't. It counts the same as when he did. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, true. I'm not so sure. Head down, hit it. You know where the target is. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and um, on their second goal, consummate finish from... Trossard. Yeah. He's I ahead of how player. long they can keep hold of him. Yeah. You know, he's, he's starting for Belgium now. He's a real talent. Um, so why did my know. fantasy football pick Neil Mopé not play? Does anyone know? Not um, sure. Yeah, no. sure. <laughs> probably just because he's in my team. But yeah, big big points dropped. Like you said, probably a bit of complacency crept in. And yeah, Brighton, no, Brighton having a good would... season, to be fair to them. Brighton and from everything pretty... I heard and read about that match, it sounded like Brighton really should have gone on to take all the points. Mm. Um, mm, they could have done at the end, yeah. I'll tell you who did take all the points. Patrick Vieira, praised by George mm. on last week's pod. Yeah, playing good Palace. football. Mm-hmm. And indeed, they did it again. Another win yeah. at uh, Man City. Great stat mm. on match of the day, I think it was. 50 games since City had lost on a Saturday at three o'clock, I think. And the last team to do that were Palace. Yeah. They are playing uh, really at home, I should say. I think it was at home. Um, I just love the way they, they go forward in numbers, Palace. Really good attacking football. Um, I, like I said, I, last week I'm surprised this is only their second victory this season. Uh, it could be kickstart their season into more victories because um, I really like the way he's got them playing. Zaha's just such a menace when he's when he's playing like that. There's not really any defenders that can stop him. Laporte's only option was to rugby tackle him. That was the only way he found of of, of stopping him. Um, and very soft, very soft red. Did card. you think? I thought it was I did, yeah. nailed on. Nah, I he was if, through, wasn't he? If it wasn't Zaha and he wasn't already on the score yeah. sheet, say it was Benteke. I don't think that's a red card. Benteke would have got goal sides. Well, exactly. The referee's (laughs) been influenced by the player who's fouling rather than the foul. Remember when we went to Palace earlier in the season with that car crash game where we ended with 10 men and lost 3-0. Zaha also got uh, Tanganga wound up and got him Mm. sent off in the end and took the penalty. So I think he's just very, very good at winding people up. Very articulate, which I, I haven't heard him speak for a long yeah. time. And he, he talked mm. at the end of the match and I thought he's very good as a spokesperson for that club. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you who else is excellent uh, as a player, Conor Gallagher, another yeah, one um, of the Chelsea right. production line. Riles yeah. me every time he scores because we apparently were on the cusp of signing him on loan before Palace promised him more first team football and he's played every game for them so far. So it's probably fair. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a real handful. 
one of West Brom's very low number of highlights from last season was him and yeah. another English, yeah, I say another Chelsea English central midfielder. And of course, the delicious um, irony of a Gallagher winning goal against Man City at the end. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, what do we want to contribute to the do City need a striker debate? It's just, why did they buy Grealish? I don't understand it. Take 10 million off that and go and get Kane and they're probably five points clear of the league. It blows my mind um, that they didn't have a plan B either. They must have been so convinced and and I think Harry Harry Kane's brother must have been so convinced that he'd be <laughs> leaving Spurs. Um, that they just don't seem to plan properly now that Ferran Torres is injured. They do look... yeah reasonably blunt actually and they're playing uh jesus out wide and i yeah, remember which, watching yeah. him emerge in brazil as a proper number nine a real goal getter i know that the brazilian league is different but uh I, I do think they've changed him as a player and increasingly so he should be an out and out front man important to know he did have a, what looked a very legitimate goal ruled out at one yeah i think foden's big toe was offside in the lead up to the goal but yeah oh, no, definitely and didn't they just... celebrate they did <laughs> So elsewhere in the league, Burnley, we played Burnley in the League Cup. That brings us on to the EFL Cup last week. We played at Burnley and I listened to that on BBC London Radio where the commentator and co-commentator sounded like they were about to fall asleep and were complaining about the lack of incisiveness from Spurs, just like the rest of us. But they said Burnley would definitely go down if they played like this. They have nothing to offer. You can't see where their goals are coming from. And then they're um, 3-0 up against Brentford Rampant. after 36 minutes on Saturday. So I, I don't know where that came from. I want to talk about Maxwell Corney and how yeah. and why they signed him. I, yeah, he was I, rested for incredible. that cup tie, by the way. I remember him in the in the Champions League for Leon. He was fantastic. I'm not sure if he knew who he was signing for. He just knew he was coming to the Premier League. Surely they can't keep hold of it. I know he's just signed, but... It's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> he's a hell of a player. He's been Imagine in... just signing for a Premier League club. You're not that fussed. And then you're introduced to Sean Dyche. <laughs> Did this happen with Robinho? <laughs> yeah. Getting introduced to Mark Hughes. <laughs> one of Nick's favourite stories, isn't it? Well, when he welcomed himself to Manchester, thinking he's <laughs> signed for United. <laughs> I yeah. reckon that that must happen to some players from different parts of the, of the continent. Not so much now as City, but they must say you're signing for a big Northern Premier League club. Mm. They're right, Man City, Man United, maybe Newcastle, I've heard of them, Liverpool. No, it's Burnley. But he's got, <laughs> I've, just, I've just checked, he's got a goal in every six games at Leon from left back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's been involved in eight goals so far already this season for them. He's there wow. for a good time, not a long time, isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A possible Newcastle January transfer? Potentially. Yeah, that just mm. makes too much sense. Yeah. They love a French winger. Yeah. And the other fixture from yesterday was Watford nil, Southampton one. So Ranieri continues to confound, <laughs> loses 5-0 at home, wins 5-2 at Goodison, and now loses at home to Hasenhüttl. So who knows what's going on there? Southampton, big win for them, really. They got their first one against Leeds, as we well know, George. Yes. Maybe yeah, they will be from- Scotland's Che Adams um, Adams. in this game. Yes, lovely finish. I still expect them to be down there. They seem very, very, very blunt. But um, And Watford, who knows? I'd love to see the odds on Watford either staying up or going down. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, it's going to happen there. Above you on goal difference, George. Yeah, I could have done with a few more goals today. We'd have been up to 16th instead of... Or 15th, sorry, instead of 17th. But uh, Yeah, I expect all those teams, including ourselves, to be down there at this... Later in the season. 
So going back to the domestic cups last week. Do we have to? <laughs> George, what do you want to tell us about Arsenal? Just another one of those nights? Uh, very, very frustrating. Well on top, Bielsa put up a pretty strong team, taking the cup seriously, which he hasn't done in the last three years. It was nil nil at half time, but well on top. And then it all seemed very planned. A couple of players returning from injuries like Lorente were taken off when seemingly playing really well. And then it all went just went went badly wrong. Arsenal brought on proper first team players and obviously Enketia scored. Um having been alone at Leeds and not getting a chance. That was bound to happen. He I think he did his best to miss, if you've seen it, took the ball past the keeper and <laughs> shinned it away from goal and it span in somehow. He, he, did his best to miss, but any um, celebration? Not really. No, fairly muted. But um, I think he's got quite a few goals in the cup, actually, uh, in Kessia. And the other one was Callum Chambers, who literally came off the bench and headed the ball in within ten seconds. Um, one of those super sub appearances. It's a very disappointing. Finally, get getting a cup run after oh, well, Crawley last season <laughs> and their celebrity striker. Um, Crawley, another, yes, yeah. Don't remember but some terrible. Just it was looking good. You know, this was a good chance to get in the quarterfinals. Um, obviously, Man City are out, which I'm sure we'll come on to. So there's a good chance of going quite far in this one. But um, yeah, there's always the FA Cup, I suppose, in January. So West Ham Man City wasn't on TV. Mm. Did anyone no. see? It went to penalties. I don't know. Uh, I, I did see that City fielded a strong team, so there's mm-hmm. no excuse there. As I mentioned, we won at Burnley to progress, but we've now got West Ham at home in the quarterfinal. And of course, as it stands, I can't see any way that we'll win that. And that does remind me of a season under AVB many moons ago when we lost three times in a season to West Ham. And I think that is a real yardstick of a bad season. Uh, And the live game was Preston-Liverpool. I doubt any of us bothered with that, did we? No, nope. I think they laboured to a win though, by all accounts. The I assume that was Klopp's kids, as he it usually was, feels. And, uh, well, kids and Origi, their, <laughs> okay. classic, their classic cup player. Nice to know he's still about. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that someone else will win it. And I think Pep will be quite glad to be out of that. He's won it four times in a row. He's not interested in uh, that this year. It'll be about the Champions League for him, surely. Someone else will hold the much-vaunted Carabao Cup, yes. Who do we think is going to win it? Chelsea. You think Chelsea? Well, I think I'd uh, I'd give it West Ham. Yeah, now give it West Ham until the end of the season. <laughs> now that they've already. got us in the next round, <laughs> I'm with George. I think che- I think Chelsea will win that. Yeah, I think they've got Brentford in the quarters, didn't they? Arsenal got Sunderland at home. <laughs> Lucky them. But remember, of course, the Brentford Chelsea game earlier in the season was a right humdinger. It was uh, Mendy was man of the match. I'm never... worried about Brentford. I have to say, I think their bubbles burst. Right. I think they are nose diving down. They've lost twice on successive weekends, yeah. Uh, and 3-1 at Burnley doesn't look good. Their next game is Norwich at home, though. So that's a chance to bounce back if ever I've seen one. Sort of like a free hit. <laughs> Elsewhere in Europe, the German Cup. Did we all see the amazing result there? Yeah, I, I've noticed Shock was Bayern's lineup. I thought it would just would have been exactly. playing strongest you, team imaginable. You see that Bayern Munich are losing three 0 in the mm. first half to Borussia Mönchengladbach. So you check the eleven and see who they've left out, and you see that pretty much nobody. nobody's been left out, <laughs> and it ends five nil. Uh, one thing that can be said is that Nagelsmann, the coach, wasn't there because he's got COVID and he's missed three or four games. 
he should be back in the Champions League on the sideline this week. But that's not really an excuse. I believe I read that it's the 10th time that that's happened to Bayern in the Bundesliga's history. So in the 50-odd years of the Bundesliga, they've gone out in the first or second round of the German Cup. Remember, there's uh, they play from the very first round in Germany, as opposed to here where Premier League teams enter in round three. It's additionally remarkable, really, because this happened last year to Bayern. So Bayern were ignominiously dumped out at Holstein Kiel last year. Oh, yes. Uh, in the second round. And so usually when uh, Bayern suffer some sort of embarrassment like that, they come back with a vengeance and will certainly win that trophy the next year. But now it's happened um, in successive seasons. Although, of course, Borussia Mönchengladbach are not exactly minnows, but it was the manner of the defeat that was really embarrassing. The young defender, Upamecano, who they signed from Leipzig, seems to be the one who was most at fault. He seemed to have a sort of Maguire-Lindelof evening Nick. Well, I have to say, I was surprised he went to Bayern. We tore them apart in the Champions League last year before they then knocked us out. But um, yeah. he was dreadful that night and Rashford came off the bench and scored a hat-trick. Yeah, so uh, Bayern did bounce back on the weekend with a 5-2 win at Union Berlin who are still up there in sixth place. Uh, amazing season for that club, especially since they are well above their crosstown rivals, Hertha BSC, uh, four points ahead of them, in fact. Dortmund still keeping pace, one point behind Bayern. In Spain, you have three leaders on 24 points each, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Real Sociedad. And would you like to guess how far adrift Barcelona are now after a draw with Alaves on Saturday? saw this this morning. They're down like seventh, aren't they? Eighth? Yeah, and they are eight points behind those leaders. So, yeah. And of course, currently managerless. But you worry about them if they don't get Champions League next season. Yes. Like how, you worry about A, what would happen if they don't get Champions League from a financial perspective and B, how they will, the whole of UEFA will bend the rules to make sure yeah. they still somehow get in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think they, they just simply cannot countenance not getting the Champions League money, can they? Because they're already penniless. You see that Radamel Falcao scored again for Rio Vallecano. Four yes. goals in five games. This renaissance continues. At the uh, okay, what we're talking about people in the mid thirties. That's the theme of this pod. Yeah. Um, right, former Old Trafford superstar Radamel Falcao. Well, was, uh, literally, yeah, his his Premier League adventure didn't didn't work well. Did it? Because everywhere else he's been, he's scored bucket yeah. loads of goals. But yeah, brilliant story. Out of contract with Galatasaray, I think, in the summer. And um, a little I old think Alicano. my fondest memory of him in club football, at least, I think is I know that exactly goal against say. Manchester City when he... Ah, no. I was going to say the hat-trick against Chelsea in the Super Cup. Oh, yes. Chelsea just shreds. That was That's when he was prime, prime Falcao when he was one of the best in Europe. Yeah, yeah both of those work. Similarly to Barcelona's predicament in Italy is Juventus, who lost to Verona on Saturday, and they're down there on 15 points. Super League club's doing well then. Yeah. Exactly. So you have Barca and Juve mid-table, and those are pretty much two of the three principal agitators, aren't they? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Agnelli and uh, Laporte at Barca. Looking ahead to next week in the Champions League, on Tuesday, we're back to that Atalanta-Man United saga. And I think after the uh, comeback at Old Trafford, this is a situation where if you lose at Atalanta, it's catamunk pigeon again, Nick, isn't it? We'd need a point, I think, from Villarreal or Atalanta, yeah. assuming you beat young boys. But um, 
yeah, who knows what is going to happen? Who knows what team will play, what formation? Atalanta are a good team and they will score. It's just whether or not United's attack bail them out again. That's probably the one to watch on Tuesday. On Wednesday, though, we're, we have the opportunity, as we discussed last week, to see that wonderful Ajax team again, visiting mm. Dortmund and, of course, Atletico Madrid at Liverpool. Um, ah, the COVID match. The COVID yeah. match. But Liverpool somehow are nine points out of nine in that group after uh, two 3-2 wins. Uh, they are waltzing through, aren't they? Well... On paper, yes, but both of those matches weren't went exactly easy. Milan at home and Atletico away, so it'd be interesting to see if Simeone can do something this time. Oh, he's got Ibrahimovic back and he's scoring right now as well for Milan, so might be a harder, harder test this time. Yeah, 40-year-old Ibra. There's a real renaissance amongst these older strikers. At the moment, There's hope for there? us all yet, Nick. Do you think this is, is this due to better levels of professionalism or are... Football is just not as good as they were. <laughs> but who else is there apart from these very high-profile examples? Is it a general shift or is it well, are these outliers, Ronaldo and Ibra? Or these, Ronaldo, these this Ibra. golden, yeah, this golden crop just all seems to be the same age, like Lewandowski as well. Oh, yeah. Been the form of his life in his Balcao, mid-30s. Vardy. That's who Man City should have gone for, in my opinion. If Lewandowski wants one more challenge, that would Make perfect sense to me. Well, he's just packed in his Polish career, hasn't he? So he wants to play to these 40. So he may well still fancy City. And I could see that happen, mm. to be honest. They mm. could even they could have also brought back Edin Dzeko, who's doing well at mm. uh, he's yeah. been gone from City for what feels shame. like ages, but he's doing mm. well in Syria. Yeah. Okay, so next weekend on our next show, top of the bill, lamentably, yet again, will no doubt be Man United for one reason or the other because of the Manchester derby next week. You're off to this match, train travel permitting, Nick. Yeah, I'll be there. And uh, does that fill you with dread or after the Spurs game, are you feeling a little bit more upbeat? I I have to say I was dreading it after last weekend. And now there's something about the Manchester derby in the league that brings the best out of these players for Ole. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm... Cautiously optimistic, playing a team without a striker should play to our weak point in that our defence is terrible. So they can pass it around as much as they like. Let's see if Rashford can hit them on the break. So surely he'll go with the same system that he just did against us. Well, at the moment, we seem to lurch from match to match. If Atalanta pull our pants down, I wouldn't have thought he will. But um, let's see what happens on Tuesday. Full strength side on Tuesday. No other option, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, he doesn't rotate. Every time he does, they've been that he's been let down. So it's the same players, whether he likes it or not. Okay, and then in midweek, what I forgot to mention, since many people overlook it anyway, is Thursday night football. <laughs> uh, Tottenham are at home to Vitesse, which uh, where I can see real problems. And if I were a Vitesse Arnhem fan heading over to London for this game, I would be licking my lips uh, at the prospect of my club doing something really, really memorable. I, however, in a strange turn of events, will be out in Genk with the Hammers because I'm going with... uh, Ditched your club already. (laughs) Ditched my club in a journalistic (laughs) capacity, I should stress. Uh, I'm not going as a Spurs fan, certainly. And I'm not going as a pretend Hammers fan either. I will be in the home end, if anywhere, uh, moral support 
for our friend Will, the Hammers fan, who's having the season of his life. And I'm sure we'll have him on the pod soon, if not next week, to yeah. discuss our trip to Genk. Don't get him on at the moment, it'd be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, uh, he's absolutely loving it. But you know what they sing about fortune always hiding and the bubbles fading and dying. It's bound to happen soon. And indeed, their next league game on the Super Sunday next week is Liverpool at home. So there's a stern test. We've also got Tottenham away at Everton on Sunday, not on TV, so giving us all a break. From... That's El Sakiko part two, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's, we've got, to, of course, there's Monday night football tomorrow night uh, with Everton at Wolves. Uh, and Benitez has lost a couple of games now, so he might be under pressure as well come that Sunday game, Everton-Tottenham. We haven't lost up at Goodison in many a year now, so that would again be an indicator of downward trajectory that we're on if we lost there this time. Uh, Leeds-Leicester, good opportunity for Leeds, I think, to get another home win under their belt. Hopefully. With Leicester kind of looking a bit dodgy. On Sunday, not on TV, always vexes me. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so same for both of us because mm. um, the sages at Sky have chosen Arsenal Watford, which uh, I can't see any of us tuning into uh, unless Watford go two or three up. And otherwise, the live game on Saturday night is Brighton Newcastle. So that is probably an opportunity for Brighton to show their credentials again. And one wonders whether Newcastle will have a manager by then or whether they'll wait for the international break to appoint someone. It's all very quiet on that front. Not heard any names been banned about at all. I heard one, which was Rafa, actually. They want um they want to see what he ha- what happens with him at Everton because that would be such a popular thing for them to do. Mm. Anyone in any doubt about whether or not this is a good thing for the club would straight away get behind them if they brought Benitez back and gave him a yeah, he, with cash. Yeah, he formed a great relationship with the fans, didn't he? Yeah. But uh, ultimately, yeah. he, he was fed up of Ashley, just like all of them. But interestingly, had very similar stats to Steve Bruce's time there. It's yeah. interesting what the uh, opinions of the fans... Uh, that impression that has on everyone else outside of that club. I think actually Bruce may have even won two, one or two more games than him. But um, yeah... In terms of popularity, there's no contest, obviously. So I read out the odds for next Newcastle United manager on our last show. The list has mm. changed somewhat. And top now is Roberto Martinez at three to one. Well, having just missed out on the Barca job, he's now going to go to Newcastle instead of taking Belgium to the World Cup. And good evening, it's Unai Emery in second. Mm, and then still Paolo Fonseca, who was top of the bill last time. He's third at about six to one. Where's Rafa? I don't see Rafa on here. Uh, although, yes, just below Lampard, Gerard, and Terry. <laughs> I'd be worth Okay, any other business? Obviously hoping for the best from this Sergio Aguero news. Really, right. That's a very strange. Heart, a heart defect mm. of some description, which I find staggering this still happens with all the screenings they must go through. But yeah, Is very, no very rap, worrying signs. Now his first start. There. It's mm. first start, and he, yeah, it's very worrying signs. Um, but fingers crossed, it's not as serious as it sounds. And on that note, I read that Paul Christian Eriksen might have yeah. to retire. He's not not permitted to play under right. Italian FA rules um, this season. So yeah, it's a really players. strange one. That they're going to release him on a free, aren't they? And yeah. then he's he's able to go and find a club like. Dali Blind is playing with the same condition at Ajax. That's correct, yeah. So he's going to end up playing in another league that wasn't allowed to in Italy. Very strange. But it'd be a waste not to see him play again. Such a yeah. brilliant player. Hell of a player. Mm. 
Okay, so looking forward to talking to you again next weekend. I'll have been to Genk, Nick will have been to Old Trafford, and George will have been to the sofa. Or the maternity ward, we'll find out. Watch this space. So, (laughs) good luck there. Thank you. Good luck in Genk. (laughs) I need it. Thank you, guys, and speak again next time. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.